0: आ रही है। Hello lovely people, I am Gitanjali. Khush to bohat hoge aaj. Well, this is like a sumptuous long weekend, man. Beautiful weather, Monday is chutti and moreover, I think the dawats you guys are invited for is making you salivate already, isn't it? But if you aren't, then do not fret. I have with me today Munaf Kapadia, the chief eating officer at the Bori Kitchen. Well, I have this big regret that I was introduced to this slow-cooked, some paya soup, smoked, juicy chicken marinated overnight and colourful lead biryani with tender pieces of mutton way, way, way too later in my life. Although I like to call myself a self-confessed foodie, but Bori cuisine happened very late in my life. And I'm so glad it happened. And all thanks to the Bori Kitchen for educating Mumbai people with this hidden treasure. Munaf, how has been the journey from starting from your home kitchen and now to be featured in the prestigious Forbes 30?
1: After I came on the list, it uh, establishes that I have complete clarity on what I want to do in life and that I have found my calling. I haven't. Uh, The Bori Kitchen was a complete fluke. I'm not a food entrepreneur. Um, TBK simply happened because I wanted to keep my mom busy. It was literally a Sunday afternoon, I was watching television, my mom changed the channel and I was like, Mom, I need to, you know, I'm taking a break, it's a Sunday. And she was like, no, I have nothing else to do. So that's how TBK started. I connected a few dots. It was definitely not a business idea. It was more like a fun project. The goal was not to come on a Forbes cover. It was simply to uh, get more time with the television. But when finally I I did come on the cover, it was really special. uh, Simply because uh, it was at a time when uh, I was going through an incredibly stressful period. I had quit my job a fantastic career, I was doing really well, I was making a good amount of money. I quit that to become a full-time food entrepreneur and it was incredibly difficult. It still is trying to figure out how to sell samosas and make money when you don't have that as a background. Uh, but then the Forbes listing happened, I came on under 30 list and that was an incredible morale boost because you get validated, you get acknowledged by a set of peers who are incredibly senior in the industry. And that kind of gave me the motivation I desperately needed at that point in time.
0: Oh, well, indeed, it is a big boost up. But tell me what exactly is Bori Cuisine?
1: Bori Cuisine is, is fairly interesting. So it's all about the community and where we are from. So the Daudi Bora community is from Yemen. Okay, the belly, uh, overall I think currently there are 12 to 15 lakh Dawoodi boras in the world. It all started back in Yemen where our uh, religious leader at that time uh, brought along with him the few followers he had and they settled down in various parts of Gujarat. Uh, from Gujarat, they moved to Maharashtra and search a business and finally uh, settled down in Maharashtra. Our cuisine is a reflection of that journey. So, you, you have Yemeni food, your Middle Eastern food with its subtle, bland taste. Our dining practices of eating from a thal, of community dining, it all originates from there. In fact, the reason we sit in a circle around this big steel plate is uh, Yemen is a desert country. So, to prevent sand from entering the food, they would surround the food. And that's how that tradition started. The food and the taste itself is, is sort of an amalgamation of uh, Middle Eastern taste buds, Gujarati, taste buds and Maharashtrian food. So you have, uh, for example, a mutton undiu. Or you have a khichra, which is our version of the Haleem. And it's very interesting because over the two, two and a half years that we've been doing this, we fed over uh, 5000 people almost. We've seen that this food is neither too oily for people, it's not too spicy for people, and it's not too bland or too sweet. It has a very interesting neutral undertone, which uh, makes it uh, mainstream. So, uh, there are some interesting traditions in the way bodhis eat. Okay, so for example, we have a thal. We sit around this big steel plate. It can accommodate six to eight people, maybe even more, depending on the size of the thal. It's placed on the ground on a slightly elevated surface. And we eat directly from it. So food is served one dish at a time, one course at a time, and all of us share that food. This is what makes it a really interesting community dining experience. Because many a times when you go for functions, weddings, events, you're actually sitting with complete strangers on this thal. Also, we follow this tradition of kharas Mithas, where we try to alternate savoury food and sweet food. The reason that's done is to reset your palate. Every dish that you eat is a whole new flavor. It's simply a completely new experience for your taste buds. And that's why we are so optimistic about this cuisine and creating this category of uh, Bori food for non-Boris. That's the vision with the Bori kitchen.
0: Totally a new experience, Manaf. But tell me, is it restricted to non-vegetarians only? Kyuki generally my vegan friends are damn fussy. So, you know, do you target them as well?
1: Great question. So a lot of people have a misconception that Bori food is non-vegetarian only. Uh, This is completely untrue. Some of uh, the favorites in our cuisine, which the community itself thoroughly enjoys, is vegetarian food. So for example, almost on every single celebration, uh, the last meal served in a thal, the jaman, or the main course it's called, is a dal chaval palida. That's a dish made out of tour dal, so the rice is made out of tour dal, yellow dal. The water used to make that dal is converted into a broth with tomato and dudhi in it, which is served along with a roasted papar and bengan bharta. So this entire dish comes together to form a main course which every single Bori from a, every single family will know about. If you simply give them a hint of the smell, they will tell you that, hey, this is DCP, Dal chawal Palito. So it's a misconception, there's outstanding veg food. Uh, it's just unfortunately, no one has really taken the effort of um, marketing Bori food to non-Boris before. That's where TBK comes in. And for me at this stage, it's easier to market non-vegetarian food than vegetarian food. But slowly, uh, as things stabilize, as I get my bearings in place, uh, one of the opportunities I'm very excited about is introducing vegetarian food to non boris for the first time.
0: That is some good news for vegetarians. So, Manav, in spite of Mumbai people having an experimental taste bud and are exposed to different international cuisine, Bori cuisine especially has been under the wraps for a long, long time. How did you manage to educate people? Like, how difficult was it to convince them, especially when community meal is not a very common thing
1: so when the bori kitchen started it was a massive challenge educating people that my mom will make this food that you will come to my house we will charge you money for it Um, this is bori food this is the community this is the kind of food it is Uh, these were interesting challenges to try and solve the bigger challenge initially was the entire concept of a home dining experience having people over The second challenge after we slowly addressed that was, hey, this is the cuisine, this is the kind of food. Um, And this is what makes it interesting and unique. Uh, The solution that we found wasn't a solution that kind of happened overnight. It's something that happened over two years. It's this entire concept of a home dining experience, the way we serve this food, the way we talk about it, we explain it, the background. In fact, a lot of education happened both ways. It wasn't just our consumers who we educated. It was ourselves, like for example, I had to do a lot of research on my community to find out its origins, where we are from, what inspired this food, how did this dish come about. And uh, it's, it's that entire journey of, of discovery for everyone involved that's made TBK so interesting. And as a marketer, slowly and steadily as I started talking about these things and I understood what aspects of it people love the most. That's pretty much the tool I used to get the message out there at scale.
0: As you said, these are traditional age-old recipes. And now that you're looking at expanding, don't you feel a little insecure to pass on the legacy to your staff?
1: Um, Fantastic question. Uh, This thing keeps me up at night. When TBK started two years back, or, or 18 months back when I decided to make it into a business, my biggest focus area at that point in time was how do I protect my mother's recipes? How do I protect her intellectual property? Is there some cool way of doing it? You know, Can, can you save masalas and sachets and then give the masalas to the kitchen? Like for example, the guys at ITC or the dal makhani till date. No one knows how it's made because of the methodology they use which allows them to hide the core recipes, even from the people making it. very interesting how people do all of this but my lack of food background always made this a challenge it made it a challenge simply to replicate recipes forget protecting them but over 18 months a couple of things happened expanding our delivery options from four dishes to 20 dishes as we think about moving into multiple kitchens as we think about hiring people from the industry or where there's a massive attrition rate and people are getting poached all the time Uh, this Particular problem sort of resurfaces. But the good news this time around is now I have 18 months of experience in this space. Now I have access to a lot of people in the industry who have been doing this their entire life. And this is not rocket science protecting recipes, it's just about doing it and having the right people who do it with you. To answer your question, bottom line, it has to be done. We need to find a way to protect my mom's recipes. The main thing that we are planning on doing is converting each dish into a masala, core masala, making that in-house and uh, sending that to our production centers.
0: Smart boy. So apart from the home dining experience, what are the other options to enjoy this cuisine? Uh,
1: The Bori Kitchen does multiple things. We offer a home dining experience where guests can come to my house. They need to pre-book in advance. They need to introduce themselves. And only once we confirm their booking, uh, can they avail of the 7-course lunch experience that happens on the weekends. The second option is our delivery service. So you can visit our website, theborikitchen.com, where we've partnered up with various players such as Swiggy, Scootsie, Zamato, Uber Eats, etc. And we try and take the same food, but in terms of variety, it's a lot more limited, and we deliver it across the city. Uh, option number 3 is a catering service where we offer the same dining experience at people's homes. So we can actually take it to your house and execute it there for you. You need a minimum of 15 to 20 people and uh, and that's proven to be a great success. We, we did this for Aditya Chopra and Rani Mukherjee and, and, and that was successful. Um, and then option number four is an extension of the catering service where we can do larger events. So we've gone to clubs, we fed 220 people at the same time uh, via Bori Thals. So these are the four things TBK does today.
0: Wow. So now this is like a long Eid weekend. What special do we have in store?
1: So, so something very interesting happens during Ramzan where uh, mom makes it very clear that we are not doing anything at home. Because it's Ramzan, she's fasting and we we feel it's not the right thing to do. So instead, this time around during Ramzan, I tried to do two events outside the house. uh, And they were massively successful. Uh, So it it kind of encouraged me to do a third one as well for Eid. So on the 25th of June, we're doing an event at Yamas, which is a banquet space in uh, Balarpia, where we'll be hosting 50 to 60 people to a seven-course meal, where again, it'll be a sort of a replication of what happens at home. But at a slightly larger scale, but the same food, same experience and hopefully uh, same level of customer satisfaction.
0: So I'm gonna rush. It was a pleasure having you here, Munaf. I'll see you around.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. Okay, thanks for uh, having me here. And in case any of your listeners uh, ever want to get in touch with me uh, i'm available at munaf at theborikitchen.com and uh, in case any potential foodies out there want order from us please visit the website theborikitchen.com and finally uh, in case you want to participate in our dining experiences be it at home or be the eat special which you are doing outside the house you can reach our helpline at uh, 9819-447 438. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you.
0: Okay, okay. Thank me later, guys, with Dakar. This was Gitanjali for my Eid special episode on my food podcast, Dakar. By now, I'm sure you know where I'm available Audio Boom, SoundCloud, and iTunes, where you can listen, like, share, comment, and rate. My Insta handle is Dakar123. I'll see you guys next week with some more food stories. Till then, Eid Mubarak.